This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston, and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio, 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County in Bloomington Normal, 88.3 in Pontiac, 97.3 in Lincoln, 89.1 in DeKalb Sycamore, 89.3 in Morris, <coughs> Joliet, and covering much of central Illinois and also northern Illinois as well and growing thanks to you. We're going to have a great show for you today. Uh, I'm here with my wife, Lynn, and remember always that we're brought to you by you, and any donation that you can make uh, will help us out uh, greatly. Uh, if you would like to make a donation, you can always go to our website, and that's catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's catholicspiritradio.com. It'll tell you more about us, and it'll tell you how to make a donation. And uh, we're always grateful for any donation, large or small. If you would like to give us a call on the telephone, you can call us at 309-807-2427. Again, that's 309-807-247. And uh, again, I think uh, if you've been watching the news, you can see that we're still living in a mad, 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 mad world out there. And... uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, the show last week, the end of integralism, and uh, do a little review of that very quickly. And uh, I want to talk today about the fact that the Catholic Church offers a uh, means of uh, subsidiarity, that is, that the I think that the state and uh, our country should follow uh, doing things at a local level, and uh, not having the higher levels uh, interfere with things at the local level. Uh, In the Catholic Church, we do things at the parish level, and uh, if it can't be done at the parish level, only then will it be done at the diocesan level. And if it can't be done at the diocesan level, only then will it be done at the archdiocesan level. And if it can't be done there, then only then it will be done in the Vatican. There's this idea of subsidiarity, of not interfering with what people are able to do locally for themselves and not having higher-ups interfere uh, in that process. And I think our state could learn a lot from that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the services that the Catholic parishes provide and uh, how those services actually are parallel to uh services that the people in the Soviet Union before the fall of the Soviet Union learned to do for themselves and created a lot of uh, self-service things that the communist state simply couldn't interfere with and were there for the people after the communist state, the Soviet Union, fell and uh, provided a return to civilization. And I think uh, that's one of the things the Catholic Church can do. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So before we start, of course, I said I'm here with my wife, Lynn. And so I'm going to turn it over to her and see if there's anything that she would like to say before we start. Well, yes, in this mad, mad world, we can see, if we open our eyes to see what's going on around us, the fires in Hawaii, what happened there, the, the, the whole town was wiped out just the discharred everything's charred burned out cars and everything but you know what's standing is the parish 
the Catholic parish. It was untouched. And the next-door neighbors, everything else, it's all ashes. And their stance is untouched church building. The paintings, everything. Everything is fine. It's like nothing happened or happened around it. And you have to wonder, you know, in Wisconsin, uh, up near Champion, Wisconsin, Green Bay area, when uh, the big Chicago fire and the fire up there was, and uh, what was left, this church in the grounds right immediately around it, the people have flocked to to be safe. Well, there we have it. And this church in Hawaii was the one that, uh, I want to say Malik, uh, Father Damien, wasn't it? The leper, took care of the leper people. He he was the priest there in that parish, in that church, that very church. So that's it's just amazing. And then we have the fires in uh, Canada. And they're spreading, coming down to, uh, I see where today online, uh, Yellowknife, in there they're evacuating all of the people. They're starting to evacuate some of the people down in Vancouver also. It's uh, so many things are going on. We're trying, you know, first uh, tropical storm to hit California in 80 years. Those people are going to get washed out. Is it because we have made nature our God? We're preserving everything in nature and we're not cleaning out the underbrush. We're not doing, doing what's needed to be caretakers of the earth because we're saving, saving the earth as if the earth needs our help. God made it, and with the natural law of nature, things should follow in a certain order, but we've interfered with it. So I think it's something to really think about. Why? Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, I think a lot of it, Lynn, is because we have a bureaucracy that is out of control, and also it seems like we're also getting a bureaucracy that's uh, a lot of uh, incompetence at what they're supposed to do and not even doing what they're supposed to do, as you say, because they're focusing on things things that are far larger than they should be focusing on. Uh, There's an investigation going on as to what happened in on Maui and what happened to Lahaina, and uh, the fact is, is that it's beginning to show that a lot of things that the local government should have been doing was overruled by the state, and a lot of that is coming down from the federal government, and uh, things that the local people would have taken care of for themselves, and the, the, the practical things that they understand and understood that they should do uh, and didn't get done, they would have done had it not been for all that interference. And this is what we're talking about when we talk about Catholic subsidiarity. Yes, because over in uh, Hawaii there, they ran out of water. Fire trucks didn't have any water to put on the the fires. The alarms were not 
sounded. It isn't that they ran out of water. The water was held back from them because of this somehow this idea of uh, the person who was in charge of that uh, had this attitude that we should revere water. And uh, the fact is, is that the water needed to be used at hand for the purpose of putting out that fire. The alarm wasn't sounded because somebody decided that uh, it would somehow drive the people inland because the alarm sounds for tsunamis, which, of course, come from the sea. And if it drove them inland, uh, you know, it would cause them to run into the fire instead of understanding that people aren't so stupid that if the alarm went off and they came outside, they would certainly be able to see the flames of the fire and know that they wouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't be running into the fire and would recognize right away that it wasn't for a tsunami, that the alarm was for a fire. But all of these, these kinds of decisions being taken out of the hands of the local people and put into the hands of a bureaucracy, and this is one of the things that is strangling uh, our country to death and our state to death, not only the incompetence of the bureaucracy, but the very fact that it chokes out uh, what people would practically do at a local level. And uh, the bureaucracy is often moved and guided by all kinds of large theoretical policies and so forth that are so far away from real conservation and the real world and the people that uh, it's uh, simply no longer is working. And those are some of the things that are contributing to this mad world that we're living in. Right. So, I could go on and on about exactly. it. Exactly. How could an island surrounded by an ocean run out of water for a fire? Well, I think they were talking probably about the fresh water uh, being used. But nevertheless, the point is is that uh, practical things need to be done. And that's just one example. And It's uh, common sense. Right. At any rate, uh, we did talk about integralism last week. And uh, integralism is simply the theory of adopting <coughs> Catholic principles into the, the state law, in effect, like uh, adopting Catholic principles into the Constitution. And uh, that whole idea creates sort of a hysterical reaction on both the left and the right. And uh, it, <clears throat> the reason why I think I've already talked about is that uh, this idea of religious freedom, which, of course, really doesn't exist, not even in, in our country, and it can't really exist in any country. Uh, there are certain things that the state has to adopt, and it has to decide uh, which particular principles and policies it will adopt. It wasn't so long ago, really, when people get panicky about this, that uh, the government of the United States and our local governments and state governments and so forth were quite compatible with most Catholic principles. <laughs> it's only in the last uh, 30, 40 years or so that a lot of these uh, Catholic principles are no longer followed and, uh, of course, back at that time, they weren't called Catholic principles. They were just common sense principles that people followed uh, that made sense of protecting the unborn, uh, protecting the family, protecting marriage, uh, not having no, you know, no-fault divorce. Uh, there was no such idea of transgender and the idea that somebody could actually change from one sex to another. People would have found that ridiculous. And uh, there wasn't any... The idea of homosexual marriage. Marriage was considered between a man and a woman, and it was an institution that had to be protected for the purpose of raising a, fa a good, solid family. And a lot of these things are under attack, and and uh, you see it, uh, it. Catholicism itself is uh, coming under attack again. It, it used to always be uh, 
there always was an animosity in in the modern state toward the, the Catholic religion, and uh, it, that seems to be coming back with a vengeance now. I mean, just recently a Catholic couple were denied being able to adopt a child, any kind of a child, simply because they were Catholic and did not believe in transgender and homosexual marriage and some of those things, and so they were denied an adoption. Of course, they're suing, and we're going back and forth on these kinds of things. Uh, yeah, that just happened this right. week. Not and not long ago, like I say, these things, <laughs> people would have been astonished uh, at any of these things. So when we talk about integralism, uh, introducing Catholic principles into the state, uh, it's something that it really isn't is is uh, shocking <laughs> if you think about it as it should be because most of these things were the norm anyway not that long ago. But the fact is is that uh, when I talked about integralism, uh, why talk about it and why advocate it? Uh, do I think that there's any chance in my lifetime of integralism, <laughs> that is of Catholic principles being adopted <laughs> into state constitutions or our federal constitutions? And the fact is, is that uh, I don't think so, <laughs> not very likely, not in my lifetime. And I doubt whether anyone in out there listening in their lifetime uh, are any of these principles going to be adopted into the state? It's, it's just probably not going to happen. So then the question becomes, why then should we argue for integralism? Why have the argument in the first place? And uh, in my opinion, I think that uh, I'm in favor of the argument for integralism, even if it never happens, because it provokes the reaction that it does. And... Uh, we need to go into that. I think Catholics need to understand that there has been a history of anti-Catholicism in uh, the United States especially, and that that uh, anti-Catholicism is resurfacing again in a stronger way, and uh, it's uh, being adopted uh, by a lot of people, even people in the Catholic Church itself. And I think the argument over integralism can put an emphasis on the fact that that is happening and uh, it can make people take sides on the argument one way or another and learn much more about their church. I think more Catholics under, have to understand how radical Orthodox Catholicism really is. I think it needs to be brought home, and I don't think it is brought home to them how Catholicism, back when it started, changed the whole world. It turned the world, in effect, upside down. It uh, abolished the ancient regime, the old order uh, of uh, governments, the old order of thinking, uh, and brought in uh, a whole new way of looking at uh, individuals and looking at, at human beings. It brought in the idea of the imago dei, that is the, the idea that people are built, in, are, are rather made, and come into being in the image of God and uh, that they have dignity and that uh, they have purpose and that uh, they deserve the protection of the state. And I think we're losing a lot of that, and I think the argument over integralism could bring a lot of that back in. And uh, so even if it isn't ever incorporated, the very fact that it will call attention and call it cause Catholics to take a stand on one side or another and uh, making that argument— uh, 
it's going to do a lot for our country. I think why is Catholicism so radical? Because it's countercultural. Uh, we are having, for, for example, right now in our society, a class problem. There is a difference between the elite class uh, on one side who seem to want to be the governors and everyone is supposed to fall under their power. And we have uh, people who are beginning to push back against that. I, I think the song recently, isn't it the one, the Rich Men North of Richmond, isn't it that by Oliver Anthony? Yes. It went so viral. And I think one of the reasons is because people are recognizing that there's a split among people now that we have the woke on one side who seems to be the elite uh, graduates, especially from the uh, Ivy League type schools and so forth, uh, who want to be in charge and run the state their way and uh, have all of these purity ideas of uh, being in, <laughs> fixing everything. COVID, for example, uh, we couldn't just use the therapeutic uh, solutions that would have helped people a lot. Uh, you know, and, and the anecdotal evidence that showed much of it worked, that was all rejected in favor of pure theories and so forth. And the idea that we had to have something that would actually overcome and wipe out the disease. We have the same thing with the environment. We have this, this idea of uh, the uh, uh, environment somehow or another having to be purified instead of using practical solutions. We saw what happens when we do that, especially in uh, – in, in Hawaii, we've seen it in other places. Uh, we've seen a breakdown in what the state is focusing on problems that are, are on solutions that are uh, simply impractical and far away from the people, uh, allowing all kinds of uh, disasters and so forth to happen because they're not doing their practical job. At any rate, we're going to have to stop here and take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, how a lot of Catholic principles help rebuild Europe after the fall of the Soviet Union, of the Soviet bloc. And so we'll come back and we'll talk about that. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. There's a new app. So Catholic Spirit Radio listeners with new phones, tablets, and other listening devices can also listen to our programs and podcasts. Go to your Google Play or Apple App Store to find the app Catholic Spirit Talk Radio. It's free. New app, same quality programs. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal area, 309 827 7780. Hi, this is Kathy and Ann from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Hi, this is Bob Johnson. We're back from our break. We're talking uh, about uh, the, the idea of the Catholic Church providing a subsidiarity and something that the state should do. That is, is to provide a, an environment in which local people can solve their local problems at a local level and uh, delegate as much, as much power as possible on a Catholic model. The idea of the, if something can be done at the parish level, that's where it should be done and not at the diocesan level. 
And if it can be done at the diocesan level, it should be done there and not at the archdiocesan level. And if it can be done at the archdiocesan level and not at the Vatican level, then it should be done at the archdiocesan level. In other words, the people of a, on a higher level of government or a higher level of authority or a higher level of power should not interfere with people at a lower level of power unless it's absolutely necessary and that something can't be done at that lower level. We should never interfere with what people are able to do for themselves and stop them from doing things for themselves because someone at a higher level of power thinks that it has more expertise than the people at the lower level of power do and uh, come in and interfere with this and you get then a top-heavy state or a top-heavy organization of any kind in which uh, the people simply are the, the, the things that they do and, and the things that actually make civilization are taken away from them by elites at a higher level who think that they can dictate from far away what really needs to be done, uh, what's necessary and practical at hand. And yes, look at the streets of Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. It's coming. Look at it. Exactly. This is done by, it starts at the national level, really. It's imposed on the state, and it's imposed by the state on the people at the local level. And uh, their power is taken away, and that certainly is, isn't anything anywhere near democracy, that's for sure. Uh, the, the, the state, the church was a far more democratic institution, probably without ever using that word, uh, than the modern state has ever become. And so what I want to do here is read an article, and uh, it's uh, from the Epic Times. It's called Rebellion, Not Retreat. It's by Aaron Cariati, and uh, the article was originally published on the American Mind, republished with permission from Brownstone Institute. And uh, Aaron Cariati is a physician, a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center and chief of ethics at the Unity Project. And he's talking about uh, things that uh, European countries adopted that were an alternative to the uh, power of the Soviet Union. And uh, so I'm going to read from that. And it parallels so much uh, our church and, you know, the, the parish organizations. And I hope I have time, I think, here near the end of the article to mention all of our parish organizations that are miniature examples of exactly what this article is talking about. And I hope what I'm going to emphasize is how important those organizations are that we have at the parish level and that those people that are involved in those organizations and running those organizations should be very proud of what they're doing. We all should be grateful for the services they provide because they're the kind of services that people need and that the, the people that are running these things should look at themselves not as just providing a local service at a local parish, but providing a model for civilization itself and a model that our government ought to be looking at and could adopt and use and which would be much more effective. So those people, you know, kudos to those people for what they're doing. And we, again, we all should be grateful. And those people should understand and recognize that what they're involved in and what they're doing goes far beyond what they really think it does, and that they're in work in, in, involved in work that uh, is actually uh, basic things that any civilization needs, and one of the most important things, far more important than a lot of the things that happen at a national level. 
and I hope those people understand how proud they should be of what they're doing. So let me read this article, and then we'll mention some of those organizations. It's called Rebellion Not Retreat, and, and it's based on Catholic subsidiarity, really. It says here, Fran Mayer is right that we are now at a hinge in history, the end of an age and the beginning of something new. Anyone who thinks he or she knows exactly what will emerge next is probably wrong. Whatever is coming next, it will be a very different world from the one we've inhabited since World War II. I am quite certain that many things will get worse before they get better. Our societal institutions, governmental, educational, communications, media, medical, public health, etc., have failed us. The degree of rot in these institutions makes reform or repair in the short term, at least, impractical. I believe our task is analogous to that undertaken by the Czech, by dissidents of the Soviet era. Many of us are familiar with Vaclav Havel, who became the first president of the Czech Republic after the fall of communism and wrote the now classic essay, The Power of the Powerless. And I think that's a great title. And I think that uh, as a title that would apply a lot to our Catholic parishes and the people that work in some of the institutions in those Catholic parishes. Mayor mentions another Vaclav, a close friend and collaborator of Havel's. Vaclav Benda is less well-known, but no less important. In contrast to Havel, Benda was a faithful Catholic and remained grounded in his Christian convictions as he faced the challenges of his time and place. Some readers will doubtless wonder whether the historical analogy to a communist totalitarian regime might not be a bit overblown. Things may be bad, but they surely cannot be that bad. But consider, as Eric Vogelin taught us, that the common feature of all totalitarian systems is neither concentration camps nor secret police nor mass surveillance as horrifying as all these are. The common feature of all totalitarian systems is the prohibition of questions. Every totalitarian regime first monopolizes what counts as rationality and determines what questions you are allowed to ask. At the risk of offending my audience, I will suggest, if you don't see that precisely this is happening on an unprecedented scale globally, and that includes in our country, you have not been paying close attention. If you still remain skeptical, consider Polish philosopher Leszek Kolakowski's brilliant formulation to describe the totalitarian method of opposing unity on an entire population, perfect integration through perfect fragmentation. Mull over this phrase while you watch TV or scroll social media. Perfect integration through perfect fragmentation. In the Jacques context of the 1970s and 1980s, as Professor F. Flagg Taylor writes, Vaclav Benda saw that the communist regime either sought to infiltrate and co-opt independent social structures for its own purposes or to delegitimate and destroy them. And that's a lot is what's going on in our country now. It sought to maintain a populace of isolated individuals without any habits or desires for association. In other words, as he put it, the Iron Curtain had not just descended between East and West, but between one individual and another, or even between an individual's own body and his soul. 
Bender recognized that any hopes for the regime's fundamental reform or even moderation were futile. It was time to ignore the regime's official structures and build new ones where human community could be rediscovered and human life could be lived decently. Benda proposed building a small scale, building new small scale institutions of civil society in education and family, in productivity and market, in media and communications, literature and the arts, entertainment and culture, and so on. What Benda called the parallel polis. He described his, this idea as follows. I suggest that we join forces in creating slowly but surely parallel structures that are capable, to a limited degree at least, of supplementing the generally beneficial and necessary functions that are missing in the existing structures, and where possible, to use those existing structures to humanize them. And he clarified that this strategy need not lead to a direct conflict with the regime, Yet it harbors no illusions that cosmetic changes can make any difference. Benda explained, In concrete terms, this means taking over for the use of the parallel polis every space that the state has temporarily abandoned or which it has never occurred to it to occupy in the first place. It means winning over the support of common aims, everything alive in society and its culture in the broadest sense of the word. It means winning over anything that has managed somehow to survive the disfavor of the times. For example, the church, and that's what we're talking about here, the Catholic Church, or that was able, despite unfavorable times, to come into being. The parallel polis is not, Benda emphasized, a ghetto or an underground. It is not a black market system hiding in the shadows. As the word Paulus suggests, the purpose of these institutions was to eventually renew the wider society, not to retreat from it entirely. The strategic aim of the parallel Paulus, Benda wrote, should be the growth or the renewal of civic and political culture, and along with it, an identical structuring of society, creating bonds of responsibility and fellow feeling the things that our church really is doing right now, the things that parishes can do on their own and that are doing, and that can be adapted to rebuilding a society that has gone mad, in my opinion. Benda acknowledged that every institution of the parallel polis was a David facing the Goliath of a massively powerful totalitarian state, and our state is getting massively powerful, as anyone can see. Any one or another of these institutions could be crushed by the state machinery if the state specifically targeted it for liquidation. The task, therefore, was to create so many of these parallel structures and institutions that the corrupt state would finally be limited in its reach. While it could crush any one institution at any time, there would eventually be too many such institutions for the state to target them all simultaneously. Elements of the parallel polis would always survive as the state crushed one institution, two others would arrive elsewhere. And a lot of this happened uh, with the church in its early years, with the monasteries building uh, libraries and building uh, schools and so forth and everything, in all hundreds and hundreds of different places. 
as the Roman Empire fell apart and the darkness uh, covered the whole world, what we might call the Dark Ages, uh, these monasteries provided a means of uh, a path back to a civilization and, in effect, built a better civilization than the one before. And they built that civilization on the idea of locality and subsidiarity and people doing things for themselves at the local level. And a lot of those things turned into some of the greatest uh, advances uh, in the history of mankind. So the plan of action, the parallel policy requires a deliberate strategy. It does not develop automatically. As Bennett proposed in his own day, I am convinced it is time to build these new parallel institutions of civil society. We need to be, uh, we need to be thinking in 50 year increments. This means planting mustard seeds that may not fully germinate in our own lifetimes. I suggest that today's parallel policy should be grounded in three principles, sovereignty, solidarity, subsidiarity. And that is exactly what we have in the Catholic Church, the whole idea of subsidiarity, the whole idea of solidarity, and the whole idea of sovereignty, of uh, the uh, dioceses and everything operating separately from Rome, based uh, strictly on their own, and the parishes operating separately from the dioceses when necessary, and uh, people working together but not working together in such a way that the upper is dominating the lower. I will conclude with five brief points to illustrate the application of these principles in our current moment. I am simply going to state these points since time does not allow me to argue for or explain each one. First, government during COVID demanded that we become disempowered and isolated. People globally ceded their sovereignty and abandoned social solidarity. By contrast, the new parallel institutions of civil society must return sovereignty to individuals, families, and communities and strengthen social solidarity. And we can do that in our churches at the parish level. Second, markets, communications, and governing structures have become increasingly centralized at a national and global level robbing individuals, families, and local communities of legitimate authority, privacy, and freedom. This is exactly what happened uh, on Maui and exactly what happened in Lahaina. The people there were deprived of doing the things they should have done locally, cutting the brush, making sure that there was enough water, having the fire trucks out there and ready because they knew that possibly there could be uh, a fire going on power lines and so forth and everything that should have been replaced and re, uh, with uh, newer equipment, equipment that uh, would resist uh, catching on fire and those kind of things. Instead, uh, a lot of that money was spent by the power companies on all kinds of so-called uh, uh, green. Yeah, the green, green movement and uh, the idea of global, you know, uh, the climate change. A lot of money spent uh, on, on all of these things were totally useless when it came to what was happening locally and what was going to happen with that fire. Thus, the new institutional institutions must be grounded in technologies and modes of decentralized communications, information sharing, authority, and markets of productivity and exchange. And if that would have been done, that whole fire would not have been anywhere near as deadly as it was. 
Third, individuals, families, and local communities especially have been robbed of their legitimate authority and targeted. To rectify this, the new institutions must support principles of subsidiarity and empower practical efforts at the local level. And there's nothing in my mind, he's talking about the Catholic Church because this is what's built into the church and we need to rediscover it and re-remember it. And I think, you know, talking about these things, talking about integralism, talking about incorporating Catholic ideas, arguing over this, uh, whether it gets involved with the state or not, is something that will, it can help lead us to this and help Catholics rediscover the power that they have and rediscover how important their church is and how radical it is and how it can build civilization. Fourth, fear has been weaponized to coerce individuals, families, and communities to cede their sovereignty and even make them forget they once had it. And what is that fear in this case, in our case here? This constant fear of the so-called climate change, the constant fear of all kinds of things that the uh, powers that be are constantly throwing before people and telling them, you know, this idea somehow or another, if you don't transition from a boy to a girl or vice versa, people are going to commit suicide or our institutions are all going to fail. Everybody notices this, I think, this fear going on. We're going to have to stop here and take a break. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309-827-7780. Wondering about your next step? Ashley was in school and pregnant when she reached out to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Would she be judged? Would she be accepted? What she found at LAPRC was a team of people who were committed to providing excellent care and compassionate support to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. If you or someone you know is in a situation like Ashley, or if you want to help support women and families in our community, you can find us at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're back from our break. We were talking a little bit how uh, the idea of integralism, introducing Catholic principles into government, uh, causes people to be shocked and uh, causes a, a debate. And even though it's not likely that uh, integralism is going to happen soon in any time, it does. Uh, it can uh, start a conversation or an argument, uh, a debate, and that can lead to Catholics understanding the power of their church a lot more. And we're talking here about an article, "Rebellion Not Retreat," uh, in which uh, a person here is talking about how institutions were built in Europe and all under the Soviet bloc so that when the power of uh, communism and the power of the Soviet Union failed, 
that uh, institutions could be in place to rebuild society. And we're talking about the fact that uh, there's a lot of failure on the part of our own government here in this country, and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger and more top-heavy. And the Catholic Church is a great place to start building these institutions that can be a replacement when our government, uh, if, if it does, and it could very well uh, fail. And uh, these institutions can rebuild civilization. Uh, we're talking about the fact that the people that are running these institutions in our parishes and everything need to have a better understanding of themselves, not only that they are providing needed and necessary and, and welcome services at the local parish level, but these services are models uh, for how society should live in the first place and how people should take in, in, <coughs> into power in their own hands <coughs> things that they can do at the local level and uh, th- that the federal government can't constantly keep on destroying. And uh, if we have enough of these institutions, they can be a replacement for the failure of the state. So it goes on here, the article, it says, we were talking about the number of things uh, that it needs to do and we named four of them, and this is the fifth. fifth. With a rollout of new mechanisms of social surveillance and control, the biosecurity model of governments, biometric digital IDs, central bank digital currencies, surveillance capitalism, and so on, the temporal, the temporal window to reclaim solidarity and regain sovereignty is closing fast. Therefore, the time to begin is now. And what he's talking about here, closing fast, it's when the, if the government adopts a lot of these these ideas, a lot of these uh, possibilities, the biosecurity model of governments, biometric digital ideas, IDs, uh, centralized bank digital currencies, uh, things that they're already beginning to do in China and other totalitarian places, we could be governed uh, by fear and fear alone. Just imagine if our money becomes digital and the government has the power to subtract from your money supply or uh, actually cancel it simply with the push of of a button from far away, the power that it will have over you. And so what this uh, author is saying here is that we ought to start adopting and, and understanding that we should be building these institutions now. And uh, these institutions are things that we are already doing at the parish level, and they can be improved and uh, be alternatives to uh, state powers and be there if our government uh, collapses. Because governments that do these things eventually, simply uh, as what happened in Maui and what happened uh, in Lahaina, eventually become so out of touch and uh, out of uh, and, and unable to do the things that governments are able to do, that they fall apart and collapse of their own uh, weight. The Soviet Union did this; it finally fell apart and collapsed. And it, luckily, there was many of these institutions to pick up the slack. And uh, the the in China, you have the same thing. You have a totalitarian government there that is interfering and every aspect of uh, the individual's lives and every aspect of localities. Uh, and they do have uh, digital currencies and so forth. They are able to control and punish their people by making them behave in a certain way. Otherwise, money is subtracted from their accounts and so on. But those governments are not as strong as people think. And a lot of those governments uh, are 
going to collapse of their own solid weight. And uh, if the people there would have these kinds of things that the Vaclav Hevel was talking about having in Europe and did have in Europe, they would be able to rebuild their civilization a lot faster. So let me go into what uh, some of the things that we have in the Catholic Church right today in our parishes, how important those things are, and uh, how grateful we should be as uh, parishioners that the people doing these things are doing them. And I think these people should look at themselves in an entirely different way, that they are models for how our civilization should work. And simply by looking at these things, they can get a better idea of the fact that the, our government operating at a level too far away from the people and too much concerned with all kinds of things that it really isn't capable of doing, such as climate control and uh, other uh, nonsense, uh, and scaring people constantly by constantly manufacturing and keeping up crises. That government is becoming less and less effective and uh not doing the things that it should do and doing the things that it shouldn't do. And uh, I think the alternative is the model that the Catholic Church provides, the model of subsidiarity and locality. And here are some of the parish organizations that we have in our churches. Uh, this is taken from one of the bulletins uh, of, our, of a church in our community. And there are others that have the same type of uh, organizations and what we can do in the these churches at the parish level provides a model of what we could do in government at the local level and what we should be doing. And if we start focusing on these things and tar- start talking about reintroducing Catholic ideas and Catholic principles uh, into our government, we can make people more aware of this, even if our government never does adopt the, the, the policy and principle of integralism. So I think it's important for the idea of integralism to be argued. So let's let's take a look at these Paris organizations. Just in one church here, we have the American Heritage Girls, and uh, this is you know, something that the church supports. Uh, doing things for these girls at a local level, and we're talking here about girls. We're not talking here about people who transition from one thing to another. And so we have organizations that specifically cater to the various real groups in society, such as men and women, and, uh, and understand and recognize the differences between the two. And then the Breath of the Spirit Charismatic Prayer Group, and uh, those meet on Zoom, and they help each other uh, with uh, the prayer, and I'm sure they provide uh, communications with each other and provide friendship and provide uh a place for people to meet, to uh, talk about their problems and so forth, and uh, expand a lot of these things into something, you know, other groups and so forth split off from these organizations and form. And uh, this is how communities and how uh, people actually create a civilization. Civilization does not come from a constitution, and civilization does not come uh, from some kind of a piece of paper or a book. Uh, the Catholic Church, for example, was not started by a book. The book came from the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church came first, and the book came last. Christ didn't uh, write any books. Christ taught, and he said, go out into the world and teach all nations. And uh, that's what we should be doing, and the same thing in our parishes. And uh, 
the, the model for a state or something doesn't come from a piece of paper. It comes from people working together in organizations like this. And this is how civilization grew and developed in the first place. And the church it mirrors that and does that. And uh, has it changed the entire world. It's, and, and this is why the church is feared. And this is why the, the state in our time right now is becoming more and more anti-Catholic because it sees in traditional Catholicism and Orthodox Catholicism a parallel, a, 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 a rival that uh, does jobs for its people better than the state does. And so it fears the church. And having a discussion of these things, discussing integralism, allows people to see for the first time maybe the radicalness of the Catholic Church, the uniqueness of the Catholic Church, and the power of the Catholic Church. Uh, we have here the bereavement ministry, help in time of sorrow. Uh, this is something that people absolutely need, and it's being done here at the local level. And the people in this ought to understand that this is a you know, bedrock of civilization, that what they're doing is not just something at the local level helping out, and they, they, somehow the government at the state or the, uh, the national level is more important than they are. It's not. There would be no government at the state level or at the national level if organizations like this didn't start out and build civilization in the first place. We have a, the caring team uh, that provides services uh, for the people at the local level here. The Cub Scouts uh, are, are something that does the same thing. The uh, Elizabeth Ministry, Women's Practical and Spiritual Support, all of these things that are local and are contributing and probably do far more to help people and so forth than most of the huge monstrous government programs that we have nowadays that uh, take a lot of the people's money and do things at huge expenses and actually transfer money mostly from the uh, poorer people yeah. to the richer people. From one pocket to the other. Exactly. The Faith and Works Ministry. Uh, there's some Faith in Action. The funeral committee, how important that is. I mean, people need help with these kinds of things, and how often do they get it from the state, or how, how competent is the state in doing it? And the people at the local level do this. They're just ordinary people, and they're doing heroic things, and they're building. This is how civilizations are built. The hospitality committee, coffee and donuts. Uh, after mass, we have this, and there have to be people that are responsible and take care of it and how much of a service that is. Knights of Columbus, uh, Knights of Columbus helped us so much in starting this radio station, and they do so many great things and so forth, all at the local level. Uh, their, their organization and what they do is as good as any government organization and certainly costs a lot less and contributes far more to the community. Natural family planning, it teaches fertility awareness. It teaches the importance of... Uh, uh, you know, valuing life and protecting the unborn, uh, outreach and financial planning. I mean, people save their money and so forth at a local level. They don't do it at some huge monstrous national level. And uh, certainly the government, instead of encouraging people to save, probably causes people to pay higher taxes and huge programs that cost a lot of money and really don't reach people at the local level much at all. Uh, Perpetual adoration, and this kind of thing that we have that uh, helps us uh, focus our prayers and focus on uh, on uh, what Jesus Christ taught. Parish prayer chain, uh, send prayer requests to the parish office and so forth. 
Sanctity of Life Committee promotes human dignity. And we talk about the Imago Dei. There was no such thing as the Imago Dei until the Catholic Church came into existence. There was no such thing as universities and schools for all people until the Catholic Church came into existence. There wasn't uh, the the whole idea of uh, a lot of things that came into existence with the Catholic Church. It built the whole civilization that we stand on in the West, and without the foundation of the Catholic Church, I've said before, these things are beginning to fall apart and go away. Uh, So servants of the shepherd and so forth, servers at mass. There's all kinds of things that we're doing at a parish level that could do even more. People can do things for themselves at a local level a lot better than the federal government can do with this huge projects. Uh, we are having a conservation now that is actually destructive of, of the very environment that it purports to conserve. We are building windmills and so forth in the ocean that are killing whales. We are building windmills on land that are killing all kinds of birds, important birds, eagles, and so forth. And uh, the, the, the green people are so caught up with this idea of climate change and all of the fear that the government generates that they are actually saying we have to sacrifice the whales and sacrifice the birds to save the planet. It reminds me of the Vietnam War when people were saying that we have to destroy the villages in order to preserve them. And that unless uh, we stay and fight this this war, uh, Western civilization is going to fall apart. Uh, the domino theory that all these countries are going to be communists and it will take over the world. None of that happened, even though we finally got out of that war after spending 15 years and tons of money and blood. Um, We're in another one now. But but, uh, to your point, what is the very basis of human uh, existence and, and life, not just human life, of life, based on carbon, isn't it? Yes, it is. And what was the suggestion I just heard the other day about carbon that's got to be taken out of the air, that we got too much of it? Exactly. Where are you going to put it when you take it out of the air? <laughs> They're going to put it down in the ground under the earth. <laughs> right. It's going to get right it's, back. It's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. What, you know, people, people are just blind to what's going on. But uh, this is the very thing that create these huge monstrous uh, uh, crises and so forth. Take focuses people's attention away from the important things that they're doing locally onto these huge ideas nationally that go nowhere and change from time to time and uh, causes us to actually lose our civilization, not not to create it. So that's right. At any rate, this is what the article is talking about. These are the kind of things that build civilization, and these are the kind of things that will restore civilization if it ever falls. And our society, in my opinion, and there's an opinion of a lot of other people, our Western civilization is in decline. America is in decline. And it is not built just on a piece of paper or a constitution uh, that is run by the all-encompassing and all-purpose state, just as uh, the Catholic Church was not built on the Bible. The Bible came from the church. The church did not come from the Bible. The organ, the civilization of, on this continent in, in North America here, in what we call the United States of America now, 
existed before there was a constitution and before there was anything called the United States. People were already working and doing things for themselves, and they can do things for themselves again at local levels. Subsidiarity should be restored, and that whole idea should be restored. Western civilization was built on it, and Western civilization will die without it. So at any rate, we're going to have to stop here and say our prayer, and uh, I hope the, these ideas are, are helpful. And the fact is, I hope everyone appreciates far more what's being done at their parish level. And I hope the people that are doing those things at the parish level take heart and understand that what they're doing is far more important than something that seems maybe small and only in their church. They're building, uh, the, they are the building blocks of civilization. So St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. battle. Be our, Be our protection, protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May God, May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, thou Prince, Prince of the heavenly host, by the power, power of God, thrust in hell Satan and all, all the evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. If you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com. Or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio 